today I want to speak this morning on forgiveness. And I want to ask the question, is it, re, is it a requirement or a gift? Forgiveness. Is it a requirement or is it a gift? We're going to talk about that. I think there's both. You know, we've been talking about identity the past number of weeks. We've been talking about how important our identity is and understanding who it is in Christ. And that we understand the significant position that we're given when we call ourselves Christians. And that as we understand that uh, a, a Christian is really a little Christ, we take on the character of Christ. It's a big responsibility, isn't it? To walk in the world and be called a Christian and to be able to say, oh yeah, that man's a Christian. That man's like Christ. Big responsibility. Part of that is forgiveness. Part of that, actually... It's, that's its basis, is forgiveness. It's forgiveness. And we're going to talk through all these areas today. We're going to talk about uh, how significant that is. And, and when we know, when we understand and see that forgiveness is the core, the basic essence of Christianity, um, it's the foundation of Christianity. Without forgiveness, there really is no Christianity. And we're going to talk about how that is so important for us and how forgiveness ties us directly to God. It is a direct link to the presence of God in the area of forgiveness. This is not one of those optional messages. I really feel that this is one of those required courses. <laughs> this is not in the College of Life I know when I took college classes at Michigan Tech and so forth that there were some classes that were optional. They were just kind of filler classes. But then there were the required classes of your curriculum, of your degree. This is one of the required classes of the degree of Christianity. So um, some messages you probably can sit in and you can probably pick and choose what you want to hear. You can pick and choose and say, oh, that's for me, that's for them. But this is for you, and it's for me. This message will hit us all right between the eyes. And as we listen to this message, and, and, and as we listen to this and learn to apply it, I think we're going to see some significant changes in our life, and in our church, and in our community. I've been, I've been dealing with this myself for a long time. I understand how significant and how difficult forgiveness is. It's not easy. It's not, it's not a one-time event. It's a process. It's a daily choice every day to forgive. I don't forgive one day and then call it done. Every day I have to continue to forgive again and again and again. And uh, that's the process of living. I, uh, the reason that I believe this is such a significant topic is that, um, and I'm not getting weird here on you, I'm at least not trying to, even though somebody said I already am, Jackie, thank you. Um, that I had a dream about this topic a couple weeks ago. And I dream like everybody else dreams. You know, you have bad pizza dreams. I, I understand that. But there are also the dreams that come from God. And I believe this was a dream from God. I'm not, a, I'm not claiming to be prophetic naturally here, but I do believe that this, God, this, this dream was from God. Because when I woke up out of this dream, it was such a sweet presence of the Lord in the room.
I mean, I, I woke up in that, in that setting, and it, it was like we were in a ministry setting in this dream, and it was powerful. And I had to get up and write some notes down because it was like the Lord is saying, I want you to say these things because this is important stuff. In the dream, I, was, I put on a coat. I put on this garment, whatever it was. And it was a garment that was able to reveal my inner man. And it could reveal who I was. And I thought, okay, I'll put that garment on and I'm going to be okay. I put the garment on and all of a sudden I had like porcupine quills just coming out, popping out of the garment. And they were not fun. It was, not, it was a painful experience to, to a degree. And, it, and I'm wondering, what, what's going on? What's, what's happening? And what it was, what it was revealed to me was that these things that were coming out of this garment was sin. It kind of reminded me of when I was a kid, and when you were kids, you'd brush your teeth, you know, and then you'd take this little red pill, and you you know, put it in your mouth, and it's that tells you where all the plaques left, where you didn't clean, brush well. Do you remember what, you know what I'm talking about? You've seen that, and you smile, and you've got all the red stuff around your gums, your teeth, and how ugly it looks because you didn't brush your teeth good. That's kind of what this coat was making me look like. It didn't look good. And all the thing, and the sin, and, and the sin that was revealed to me was literally what, there was a sin of unforgiveness. It was a sin of unforgiveness. It was a sin of, of not forgiving people. And then in the dream came about, well, I don't want to forgive people. Because they haven't asked for forgiveness, or they don't deserve forgiveness. And in the dream it came very clear, and it says, you need to forgive people. And it talked to me about it's not an issue of forgiving because they've asked. It's an issue of forgiving because I commanded you to forgive. If you don't forgive, uh, you will not be forgiven. If you don't forgive, God the Father will not forgive you. And I had all these excuses. Well, they don't deserve it. Or, no, I'm letting them off the hook. Or, no, they're going to do it again. And God said, I don't care. It's not your problem. Your problem is to forgive. Your challenge is to forgive. And then there came the gift part of it afterwards. Because when I recognize that when I forgive, I'm releasing myself from bondage. I'm releasing myself from past hurts. I'm releasing myself from thinking I have to fix them. I'm releasing myself from... I'm God. And that's the gift part of it. Because when Jesus forgave people, he gave them a gift. The gift that he gave people was eternal life. Because when Jesus forgives, he forgave their sin. He forgave them. And he was able then to take their sin and justify them. And justifications means justify never sinned, just if it never happened. He forgave people because he's God. And he could forgive sin in those people's lives, and then those people would go to heaven. They would have eternal life based upon Jesus' forgiveness. I don't have that power. When I forgive people, I'm not forgiving their sin. What I'm doing is... And, and, and when Jesus forgave them their sin, he gave them the gift. When I forgive people, uh, there's a gift here, 
But the gift is to me. Because the more I forgive, the more I'm gifted because I'm releasing them from having any bondage on my life. So the gift that's being given is to myself. So it is. It's, it's a requirement. At the same time, it's a gift. And the reason I think it's important that we understand it that way is because sometimes people are motivated differently. Some people are motivated by requirements. Some people are motivated by gifts. I don't care how you're motivated today. I don't care if you are motivated by somebody telling you to do something. If that motivates you, that's great. Then do it. Or if you're motivated by a gift, well, then that's great. You're going to receive the gift. So either way, the motivation's there. Now, I've top-lined the whole message. Now, let me get in and prove to you what we're saying is biblical. And let's get into it and let's understand that what we're saying is truly true and really accurate. For the true Christian, forgiveness is a requirement, not an option. Okay? And I say true Christian because there are a lot of people that live life that want to call themselves Christians in this world around us, in, this, in the United States, in our country, in our community. We all want to be Christians. But just because I profess to be a Christian, unless I confess and unless I act out my faith, I'm not really a Christian. So let's just understand that. To be a true Christian, to truly have a relationship with Jesus, forgiveness is an absolute requirement. If you want to go to heaven, if you want to make that your, your, your eternal home, if you want to do what the target reminds us, if you want to hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful, part of that well done, thou good and faithful is forgiving people. There's a lot of people that walk around with baggage that will keep them from heaven, even if they call themselves Christians. And this is directly on me as much as anybody else. I'm not talking about other people. I'm talking to myself. I understand the significance. I understand the power of this. I understand the urgency. I understand the personal nature of it. I'm struggling in it. I'm working through it, just like probably you are. I had a conversation just the other day, actually. This had to be a God conversation as well, because a person called, and I don't, I don't very seldom talk to this person. But why they happened to call the church office to talk just to say hi was kind of an amazing thing. And so we started talking about church, started talking about why I don't come to church. I don't come to church because somebody else is at church. And we started talking about that. And, and the issue really became um, a really uh, a sad discussion because the whole discussion was, I'm not going to come to that church because somebody else goes to that church. And listen, stop thinking about names. This could be given in any church in any city across this country. Okay? So this has nothing to do with what we've just been through. This is just common, foundational Christian teaching. Okay? So don't think about names. Just think about the truth that's being, expl that's being explained here today. 
And so this person said, I can't go to the church because of that. And I said, well, so you're saying that you can't forgive that person because that person has hurt you so bad that every time you go into that church, she goes, yeah, I'm so angry. I, every time I see that person, I can't even concentrate on church. I can't concentrate on what you're preaching. I can't concentrate on anything. So therefore, I just don't come to church. And I said, wow. I said, do you know what you're really, who's hurting here? Who's being hurt here? Who's really losing here? That person or you? Do, do, you, do you see what's really being done? And she goes, well, that person has no bearing on my life anymore. I don't want to do anything about that person. that had no bearing. I said, do you hear what you're saying? That person is controlling you because you won't go someplace where they're there at. And you're telling me that that person has no bearing on your life? That person is controlling you because of you not forgiving that person. Now, forgiveness is not making them your best friend. You don't have to actually like the person. <laughs> you don't, I mean, love is, not a, love is not liking people. Love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment. Love is a, an overarching benefit of, being who, of who God is. That's who God's love. Now, God likes everybody. But I'm not God. I can't like everybody. But I can love everybody. I can forgive everybody. I don't have to be their best friend. Does that make sense? Am I, hurt? Am I messing anybody's philosophies up here at all with this comment? Because forgiveness is, a, is an act, it's a choice of choosing to forgive a debt that they can't pay. So forgiveness is one of those things where that's the gift side of it because I'm gifting them, I'm forgiving something that they can't pay. And for me to make that a requirement of that relationship is putting bondage on me because now I'm letting that person or that situation control all there is about me in all honesty. It really controls way too much. But that was... Confirmation, though, to me that this message needed to be spoken today because there are people that walk around with this huge issue of um, that person hurt me and I'm not going to go there or they owe me and that's a problem and all of a sudden uh, we're walking around controlled by other people and that's not right. So to be a true Christian, forgiveness is not an option. Forgiveness is a requirement. Understand that God would never ask us to do anything that he doesn't give us the ability to do. So if he says you have to forgive, he will give you the ability to do that. He would never ask anything of you that you can't do. Or he would never say, go do it, and then do it on your own. That's called fleshly works. That's called works of the devil, actually. When I think I can do it myself, that means that I'm really placing myself above God and God's standards because I can do this myself. I don't need you, God. Well, that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is a miracle, actually. For me to forgive somebody that really hurt me is a miracle. And I can't do that on my own. It has to be under the power of God. And maybe why that's why that person wasn't getting it. Because maybe that person didn't have that relationship with Jesus that that person should have had on that telephone call. So therefore, they couldn't see it in their flesh because it's not possible in your flesh to forgive people like that. 
Philippians chapter 2. We've read this before. In fact, we read it last week, and I'm going to read it again. Philippians chapter 2, in the contemporary English version, says it this way. Verses 12 and 13, it says, My dear friends, you always obeyed when I was with you. This is Paul speaking to those in the Philippians. Now that I'm away from you, you should obey me even more. So work with fear and trembling to discover what it really means to be saved. Okay, so now Paul is telling them that there are some things you need to do. And you were doing a pretty good job when I'm with you. Now that I'm away, you need to continue to work on this. You need to continue to work on this obedience thing. But here's the key to it, verse verse 13. God is working in you to make you willing and able to obey him. It's, It's the fact that God is willing, God is working, God's doing the work in me. He's making me, giving me the desire. He's giving me the willingness. He's giving me the capability to obey him. I can't obey him on my own. I can try, and I probably get very frustrated because I just can't do enough. God wills that we work, or God works in us to make us willing so that we can do what he requires of us. That doesn't mean that we're earning our salvation. Salvation is a free gift. Salvation comes only through the blood of Christ. It's only through his shed blood. The forgiveness of our sins comes through him. That's the first step of living a Christian life. We have to have that, but then we have to continue to work our salvation out. And that is through God working in us, making us willing and making us able. So remember, for the true Christian... For the true Christian, the person that truly is a Christ person, forgiveness is a requirement, not an option. You must forgive if you're going to be called one of the true Christians. I have some more, more scriptures to give us that we can prove that self to our, so we can prove that to ourselves. In, chapter, in Luke chapter 17, verses 3 through 5, Jesus says, So watch yourself. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. Jesus says, forgive him. But I really like the next verse because the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. (laughs) I can't do that on my own, Jesus. I'm hearing what you're telling me to do. I'm understanding. I'm hearing it. But you have to increase my faith so that I can do that. I have to depend on you, Jesus, so that I can forgive. I have to hold out that you're going to help me. You're going to give, the, you're going to give me the ability to forgive. Increase our faith. Clearly, the Lord gave us the instruction to forgive, and even the disciples needed help. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. You want a command? There's a command. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. We forgive the way God forgave. That's pretty awesome. Did God forgive you of much, by the way? Did you have a lot to be forgiven of? Yeah. 
We're to forgive as God forgives. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, here it is, and forgive what of whatever grievances you may have one against another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Another passage to another group of people that says, forgive as the Lord forgave. And what's interesting about this is if you go back and read verse 12, um, see if these words remind you of anything else, of another scripture. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Do those have any other, can you think of any other scripture where those words might have come in play? What is it? Galatians. How about fruit of the Spirit? Amen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's no coincidence that the fruit of the Spirit are the same words, the same characteristics that is in a true Christian that knows how to forgive. Because, we're being for, because it's the fruit of the Spirit that lives in us that gives us the ability to forgive. It's not myself. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Those same characteristics are giving me the ability to do the impossible task of forgiving people. It's impossible on my own. But only as I have the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Those words, those characteristics give me the ability to forgive people. If that's not enough, I have one more passage that I think will seal the deal. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 12. This is a prayer that we all know. The Lord's Prayer. Pray it with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be their name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Here it is. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now let's think about that for a minute. Do you understand what that means? That last part, forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Do you really want God to forgive you the way you forgive others? Think about that. Do you really want God to forgive you to the level that you forgive? Wow. When I read it that way, it makes me want to get a little bit more on my knees, a little bit more serious about forgiveness. Because if I'm asking the Lord in the Lord's prayer to forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, wow, it makes me want to work a little bit more on forgiveness, doesn't it? And, you know, I think that Jesus saw maybe that wow moment in the disciples' eyes <laughs> when they heard that too, because if you read just further on, chapter 6 and verses 14 and 15 of that same chapter, just two verses later, Jesus says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Pretty direct command again from Jesus that if you forgive men, God will forgive you. But you don't forgive? You fill in the blank. 
For the true Christian, forgiveness is a requirement, not an option. So I think we've pretty much laid the foundation, haven't we, for the requirements of forgiveness? Now let's talk about the gift. Let's talk about what forgiveness really looks like and who really is the beneficiary of it. And this is where the forgiveness part becomes the gift to us. See, sometimes we have to have a what's in it for me before I will take an action. Well, here's what's in it for you. If, if the command isn't enough to forgive people so that you will go to heaven, <laughs> what's in it for you then, the gift part of it is that as you gift, as you forgive people, and what we talked about already is the release that you have in your life that that person no longer controls you. That person no longer impacts you even though you think you don't have an impact with them. They may not even know that you've forgiven them. They may not even know that. They may not even know that, they, that they've offended you. Think about that. They may not even know that you're offended because sometimes people are easily, to be, easily offended, aren't we? Sometimes we pick up offenses very easily and maybe it wasn't intended to be offensive, but yet we've picking it up. And do you know where that comes from, by the way? Is that the Spirit of God? Or is that the Spirit of the enemy that would bring up an offense from the enemy? So when we have those offenses, we might really be upset and think, I can't forgive that person, and they're sitting over there, and they don't even know that maybe you're, they don't even know you're offended, first of all. And secondly, whether you forgive them or not has no impact on them. <laughs> they don't really care. But you're sitting over here with a bunch of baggage. You're sitting over here with a bunch of, a bunch of weight on your shoulders that you just don't want to put down because you just can't forgive because you're too proud to forgive. Who's winning and who's losing? Who's losing in that situation? Forgiveness is really, really important that we understand that it's the gift. The gift comes to me as I learn to forgive. And again, I'm not forgiving them the same way Jesus forgave them because I can't. I don't have that power. I don't have that ability. Understand the devil clearly does not want us to understand this topic of forgiveness. Clearly he does not want us to get it. Clearly, he does not want us to grasp this because this would make a big, big difference in your life. This will make a big difference in this church. This will make a big difference in this community. This will make a big difference in America. If the Christians of this country could grasp forgiveness, it would change the world. We wouldn't have to have tit for tat. We wouldn't have to have the arguments, the battles. We wouldn't have to have the political agendas we have if we would learn to forgive. But the enemy clearly is not into forgiveness. <laughs> so what is forgiveness not? Let's talk about what it's not. Because I know we have excuses of why we can't forgive. So what, what forgiveness is not is very important that we can grasp that as well. Because that helps us understand what it is. Forgiveness is not a feeling. And I don't forgive when I feel like forgiving. Forgiveness doesn't give me that, that gushy feeling sometimes of, oh, I feel so good now that I've forgiven. Because forgiving takes work. If you're waiting to feel like you should forgive, you're never going to forgive. You're never going to forgive if you're waiting to feel like it. 
Because forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. And we do this regardless of how we feel about it. If you're going to be a Christ follower, if you're going to truly be a true Christian, Christianity is not a feeling either, is it? Because that moment that you accepted Christ into your life, you probably had that gushy feeling. You probably had that, that, that feeling of the weight lifted off your shoulders and all of a sudden you could fly because you were forgiven of your sin. But that feeling didn't last very long, did it? There, then maybe a few days later, that feelings of life came back. That doesn't mean you're not a Christian, though. It means you still gave your heart to Jesus. You're still a Christian whether you feel like it or not. So Christianity is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Forgiveness is not a feeling. And when we, when we let our life be based upon our feelings, then that's why we don't forgive, because we don't feel like it. Forgiving is not forgetting. Forgiving is not forgetting. You say, I can't forgive that person because I can't forget about that problem. Well, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? If you're waiting to forget before you forgive, you're probably never going to forgive because you're probably not going to forget. Do you, want, do you know the quickest way to forget? Forgive. Forgive first. Then you can begin to forget what happened. But as long as you're thinking about it, you're never going to forgive because you're thinking. So stop thinking that you have to forget about it. Forgive. Forgive. That's the process. That's the first step of forgetting, actually. When we, for, when we forgive, we can then begin to forget. Forgiving is not excusing. Forgiving is not for, for excusing the person for the action. Now, first of all, um, most of the time, unless you are just super sensitive and you're always offended by everybody, most of the time, they probably did do something to hurt you. They probably did do something wrong. So by you forgiving them, you're not excusing their behavior. You're not condoning their behavior. What they did was wrong and, and hurtful. So we can't, we can't, we're not excusing it. We're not saying, oh, that didn't happen. Oh, let's just throw the rug over it. Let's just pretend it didn't happen. No, that's not forgiving. That's not part of the process. We're not excusing the behavior. The behavior was wrong. It hurt. So when you forgive that person, you're not saying, oh, that's okay. No, you're not. So don't worry about that. All you're doing is releasing yourself from continued hurt. You're releasing yourself from future hurt because you're, you're, you're dealing with it. You're putting it away. You're, you're compartmentalizing it where it should go, and that should go in the area of forgiveness so that that hurt can't come back and be used against you later. It's not forgetting it. It's not excusing it. It's not giving them an out. It's not releasing them from their consequences. They're still going to have consequences in their life because of the actions they've done, whether you forgive them or not. Your forgiving them is not taking away their consequences. What it's doing is releasing you of your consequences of unforgiveness. That's part of the gift. That's part of what I'm doing for myself. That's for the what's-in-it-for-me benefit side of it. An example of God forgiving and yet giving consequences for going against God is given to us in Numbers, chapter 14, verses 20 through 23. The Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, 
as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of the men who saw my glory in the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who, dis- who, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them, even though I've already forgiven them, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Understand what this is about. This is Old Testament. This is the Israelites that have been freed. They have been freed from Egypt. They've gone through the Red Sea. They're in the desert. They've been testing God over and over and over again. God forgives them, but there's still consequences to their actions. Now, I don't want to confuse this with when I come to Jesus for my sin, and I say, Jesus, I've done some things wrong to hurt you and other people. Please forgive me. When I ask for forgiveness from Jesus and I repent of my sins, he forgives me. And I'm a forgiven person. I'm a no, there's no more condemnation within me when I ask Jesus to forgive me like that, okay? Consequences, though, still follow. You can be forgiven, but still have consequences. Does that make sense? The consequences are based upon the severity of the choice you made, whatever that is. And I think you probably all have enough of them in your mind. I don't have to give any examples. <laughs> I'll understand, though, that we're forgivingness. When I forgive a person, I'm not taking away their consequences either. And sometimes we need to hear that. Because I know that we like, <laughs> we like to see people get their just reward, don't we? That's why we like these reality shows so much on TV. That's why they love to see these TV shows in Hollywood or these reality shows. They love to see people cry. They love to see people get hurt because people in their own sick way like to see somebody else get punished for their wrongdoing. But yet, when it comes back to us, we like to bend the rules. Let's move on. Forgiving is not excusing. Forgetting is not letting off the hook of their accountability, which is very close to excusing. What we're really doing is that when we forgive somebody that that is on our hook of offense, when we forgive that person, we're basically taking them off our hook (laughs) and we're placing them on God's hook. Because now God will will be responsible to that person. And I say that for this reason. Romans chapter 12 Verse 17 through 21 says this. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. You hear that? When I take them off my hook of accountability, I'm really placing them on God's hook of accountability. And that's the best hook for all of us to be on because that's true and just. And he then judges justly to the heart situation, not to the offensive situation. Let him deal with it. He can deal with it a lot better than you can, a lot better than I can. Continuing on, verse 20, On the contrary, then, what we really should be doing is if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, 
This sounds vengeful, doesn't it? <laughs> this sounds fine. All right, now I'm really going to get you. I'm going to put burning coals on your head. I'm going to be good to you. Even though you've hurt me, I'm going to come and I'm going to be good to you. And I'm going to now, you're going to really burn because I'm, deep, I'm, I'm heaping burning coals on your head. If that makes you feel good, do it. I mean, that's what the Scripture says. But what it's really saying here is in verse 21, Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. What that's really saying is, let the Lord deal with it. Let God deal with the offense. You forgive. You're not taking them off the hook of accountability. They're still going to deal with it. They're still going to face God like you're going to face God. You're going to still have judgment day like they're going to have judgment day. But let him deal with it in the way that he can perfectly and justly. So don't worry that by you forgiving them, takes them off the hook of accountability. They're still going to be hooked. If you need to know that, let, you still need to know that. They're still going to have their issues to deal with. You have your own issues to deal with. You let them deal with their issues. You deal with your own issues. Get rid of the grudge. Get rid of that unforgiveness. Release them. And it releases you of your bondage. I want to close this morning by asking us to do some things. We're going to have communion today. And it's important to understand what communion is about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 28 and 31, it says, A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. If we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. This is a personal judgment. Judge yourself. Part of that judging ourselves has to deal with forgiveness. It says elsewhere in the Bible that if you have an ought against your brother, take care of the ought before you bring the offering. Or before you come to the table of communion, take care of the ought. This morning I, wanna, I want to give us all an exercise, which I believe is very important, because I believe this is what was, was part of the dream. We're going to sing the song, I Surrender All. And uh, then after that, we're going to, Larry's going to put on a CD. And what I really think we need to do is, at that point, I'd like everybody to stand up, move out of your chair, come to the front, go to the corner, go someplace around this building, because every one of us needs to forgive people. I don't know who you need to forgive. But you do. And everyone needs to then go and name the person. Say, I forgive. I forgive this person. I forgive this person. I forgive this person. I forgive this person. And you need to name the person. This is the beginning part of forgiveness. This may not be the last time you do this, by the way. You may have to do this more times. You may have to do this every day. You may have to get up in your morning, part of your prayer time, say, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, over and over and over until it finally settles in that you've forgiven that person. If we forgive people, I tell you right now, if you forgive people, there will be revival in this church. There will be revival in this community. When I can forgive my brother and my sister and those have, I have awed against, now, it would be good as well that you go to that person at some point in time and tell them that. 
But you let the Lord tell you to do that. I'm not telling you to do that right now. I don't know if you're ready to do that. I don't know if I'm ready to do that. But I have to release them because, see, here's the deal. I want to be able to look at that person some point in time in the face. And at some point in time, they may come and say, I'm sorry. How much better is it for me to have already forgiven them so that when they do come and say, I'm sorry, I can react to it positively? If I've already forgiven them before they've asked, and then they come and say, you know, I'm sorry, I hurt you. I say, oh, that's okay, I forgive you. I forgave you a long time ago. I love you, man, because I'm already working in an area of love. But if I'm holding the grudge and somebody comes and says, I'm sorry, and if I'm not prepared to forgive because I'm grudgeful because I'm angry, then I, don't have a hard, I have a hard time giving them back that gift that I've forgiven them. You see what I'm saying? So it's better for us to forgive in advance. So this morning I'd like to do that. Let's, let's sing the song, I Forgive, or I Surrender All. And then as we disperse, I'm going to set out the communion elements, but I'm not going to serve you. I want you to come and serve yourself when you're ready, when you've forgiven the persons to the best that you can today, when you're ready to come to the, to the table of communion on your own, when you have those issues cleared up, when you've properly judged yourself, then come up and take your communion by yourself or with your wife your family. I don't care how you do it, but I'm not going to do it. We're not going to do it corporately today because this is too personal. This is too important that we do it personally. So stand up with, you, with me if you would. Let's sing that song, I Surrender All. And then after that's over, start moving around. Just go someplace, move away from somebody, and just start forgiving who you need to forgive. And then come up and take communion, and then service will be done when you're done taking communion. Father, I just, first of all, thank you for this service. Holy Spirit, now I just pray, Lord, that you will do a work right now in all of us. Father, you've forgiven us of so much. Lord, I just pray that you would allow us. Now, you give us, you work in us, Holy Spirit, to give us the ability to forgive. Give us the unction. Give us the desire. Give us the ability. Give us the choice to forgive. And, Lord, let this be a new point of start. Let this be a new beginning, a new place of beginning. And then do your work in our midst, Holy Spirit, in this body of believers, in this families that are represented here, in our community, Father. We just give you our heart and our life as we forgive those around us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing, Jackie.